Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryant, and Darren Gant. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast. It's Kristen, Darren, and producer Matt Will is busy, busy today and can't make it as we all are getting ready for week one. But Darren, how are you feeling? You just casually dropped that you just took a run in a thunderstorm early this morning. At, yeah. So I, I think you're feeling good. Yeah. A little like, dangerous? Yeah, I feel, I mean, I've cheated death, Yeah. basically. When you run during a lightning storm and, you know, buy all the big trees in the area I live, yeah, you've cheated death, so now nothing. You were like, nothing week to one, care about. just exactly. yelling at the sky this yeah. morning. Bring it on! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's that time. Hey, it's football season. We should do the football now. It's football All season. All the stuff we've talked about for the last six months is now, you know, it's gone from abstract to concrete. There's a thing out in front of us now. There's a game Sunday. Absolutely. And, you know, no one is, is more well aware of that than the Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold. I just, we were talking about what we should talk about and said, let's just start with the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. It's Sam Darnold against his former team. Week one, the Jets are coming to Bank of America Stadium. And all the storylines, I was going to say write themselves, but then that's a, that's a bad joke. And also you're writing the storylines, so I don't know. You know <laughs> wait, what I'm saying. You're the, you're the words guy. Wait, Sam played for the Jets? I should probably do something about that this week. <laughs> now, it's, it, it's funny, and one of the interesting things about Sam and getting to know him over the last five months is – of course it's the Jets in the opener. Of course the league scheduled this did, game on It didn't purpose. just randomly happen, and he, right, in the it, league offices. He laughed about this a couple months ago. He's like, yeah, I'm sure that was a coincidence. And kind of, I mean, Sam is self-aware. That's one of the neat things about him as a human being is he gets it. He understands it. But I don't think his personality is such that it's that much different for him than if they were playing the Falcons this week or anybody agree. else. I mean, he is as regular a human being playing quarterback as I've ever encountered. Or I mean, at least since like Jake DeLome, who kind of walked in here and nobody ever expected anything out of him. So it was easy for Jake to be normal. But for a guy who was a the quarterback at USC, the first round pick of the New York Jets has existed in a spotlight. Sam kind of walks around like, yep, yeah, week one. Got to study, got to get in the playbook, got to watch the film, correct? I mean, he says all that stuff, and it sounds trite, but I think that's just how he's wired. And you know who's got to love that is Matt Rule. Mm, that is exactly mm. 
what he wants. You know, I right. got a chance to talk to him every single week last year about the upcoming matchups for our TV show. And whether it was um, last year, Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady going up against the Saints or any any matchup, right. as, as Coach Rule likes to say, if you look hard enough... Any opponent, there's a history with sure. with someone on the Panthers, but he that's what he wants. Like you, yeah. I don't think there's a better compliment, of course, uh, than than the playing of the football than to uh, say that Sam is a guy that's going to treat this like any Week One matchup. That's right. exactly what he wants. No distractions. Keep the emotions out of it and game plan. Right, and, and it's interesting. I was talking to Matt a while back, and I wrote the story. It was on Panthers.com yesterday. You should definitely go read it. Uh, Love of, it. Of Matt talking about his vision. And I and I asked Matt, you know, were there mileposts you wanted to have hit at year two? What are, were the things you thought about going into the second year? And it was almost like Matt looked back at me like, what language is Darren speaking to me right now? Because mm-hmm. Matt Rule doesn't think in terms of years or large spans of time, in Matt Rule's mind, it's, okay, we've got Wednesday. And oh, on yeah. Wednesday, we're going to Wednesday it up. And we're going to Wednesday <laughs> as hard as we can Wednesday. And then tomorrow, we're going to get on to Thursday. I mean, that's just how the man thinks. And so from that standpoint, you're right, Kristen. I mean, these two are kind of made for each other. They've got the same approach in terms of the way they look at football and the way they think about doing the job. I mean, listen, it's natural. There's going to be some butterflies with Sam, but I think he probably acknowledges them to himself but doesn't project them because Sam just gives off normal vibes. I mean, he's a, you know, Christian was uh, kind of laughed and, and Christian said, I mean, he was looking for the right word of how to describe Sam. And he's like, he's, he's just regular. He's a regular dude. Yeah. I, that's That was exactly the impression that I got on his first day here, talking to him, hung out with all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to, in the room where we were doing all the production day stuff. And I don't know that there is a better way to describe it, like a regular guy. Yep. And, and I mean, normal is not what we're used to in quarterbacks. <laughs> and, you know, because quarterbacks are big stars and they have big personalities. And, you know, it's, it's unusual and it's a departure. But, you know, I think at the same time that normal serves him well because listen again there's no denying it I mean this is a big game for Sam Sam career in New York didn't go the way he would have hoped or they would have hoped which is why he's here and why the Jets have a a shiny new rookie quarterback that they draft in the first round but you know he just wants to get about the business of being Sam and that means this week it just so happens to be the Jets and there's also something that I, I think you made a great point about the butterflies and and the nerves. Probably every player has that going out onto oh, the yeah. field. I certainly can't speak to it on a personal level because I have never played in the NFL, surprisingly. But I'd imagine that no matter who the matchup was, any position you're going out there, there's going to be a butterfly or two. It's sure. the it's the season opener. The fans are are back for a regular season game. Um, and so I'd imagine that Sam would have, if he does, have the same sense of of butterflies or anticipation that he would have with with any opponent. And there's also something that doesn't ever get talked about, but I always find really heartwarming is, you know, whenever a player is going up against his former team, especially one where there's a a history or things didn't end well, it gets billed as a revenge game Mm -hmm. or, you know, these two opponents or there's going to be a lot of angry emotions here. They get to see people that they formed connections with, whether that's on the staff or other players. And you always see it uh, before the game and after the game. There's a lot of hugs. There's a lot of good feelings towards people that, you know, if you spent three years with an organization, whether it's the equipment person or the PR staff or or what have you, there's a, a really nice 
kind of reunion aspect to it as well. Even I'd imagine if, if things went incredibly horribly for any player, there's still people that you're looking forward to seeing. And yeah. I, I just always think that that gets swept under the rug a little bit. So there's it's not all uh, bad for anyone facing an, a former opponent. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting, too. I was talking to one of my good friends who's a writer up in New York, and he was talking about Sam. And, and I think there's this perception, because it didn't go great for Sam with the Jets, that it was a terrible experience. But Bob said, you know, God, Sam was the best. I love exactly. dealing with Sam. Yep. He was so easy. He was such a pro. And, and I think people have it built up in their heads that, oh, the big evil New York media, it's so much tougher than the Charlotte media. Those guys were fine with Sam, and Sam was fine with them. So I'm sure after the game, Sam will be like, hey, Bob, what's going on? As much as we talk about revenge games and setting this up as a competitive us versus them environment, you know, it's still. Sam, who worked alongside Bob, and Joe, who worked alongside yeah. Mark, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just, it, these are human beings who exist in a in a little community of their own. Absolutely. It's, you're going to see your former co-workers, and that's a sometimes a complicated thing, yeah. good and bad. But obviously, no mistake about it, of course, Sam Darnold, Matt Rule, and the Panthers want to win this game. That makes sure. everything better, that's the regardless of uh, of everything else. As we as we get ready for this game and, and looking at the Panthers, I thought we would talk about what's a position group that you feel really confident in and, and what's one that you want to keep an eye on well, for this game. So let's let's yeah. start with uh, how about one to keep an eye on? I, I think, again, while we're talking about elephants in the room, uh, it's been the storyline of the Panthers, the non-Sam Darnold storyline of the Panthers all offseason. It's what's that offensive line going to look like? Was and that a was that a joke about big guys? Exactly. <laughs> See what I did? You saw I what I did there, <laughs> Kristen. That's so gratifying for a writer. Um, yeah, I mean, the Jets have their issues. The Jets are a young team. The Jets are starting over with a new coach, new quarterback. Their record in the last couple of years haven't been good. But they've got a couple of dudes up front, specifically, Quinn and Williams who can create problems for mm-hmm. people and when you're the Carolina Panthers and you've rebuilt a side of the offensive line and that's one of the other things about this week I mean you could have gone into this matchup as the Panthers saying okay offensive line blah 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 60% of it's the same as it was a year ago in the opener and Matt Paradis, John Miller, Taylor Moten except John Miller is on the COVID reserve list and all of a sudden he's replaced by Dennis Daly. The left side of that line, I mean, Pat Elfline and Cam Irving are great unknowns right mm-hmm. now. We think, the coaches think, that Cam Irving is going to perform at a better level than he's shown because he's being allowed to concentrate on one thing, only do one thing. You know, Elfline's a little bit of a – I mean, he's as much of a question mark to me as anybody in that roster right now in terms of, is he actually a guard? I mean, he's played center before. He's not the biggest guard. And, mm-hmm. and when you look at the other people they've got who might slide into that, like a Dennis Daly, I mean, look at – I mean, if you just line up Dennis Daly, John Miller, Pat Elfline, he's smaller. And, you know, a lot of people want their guards to be bigger, have a little more mass, uh, be a little more elephantine, uh, (laughs) if you will. And he's just not that guy. But they do think there are things that Pat's good at that can make up for some of that. We'll see how it goes. I mean, but we'll see is the only honest answer as it pertains to the Panthers' offensive line. Because especially now making a change the week of the opener, all of a sudden everything that's been kind of unsettled all offseason gets one more shake right before it goes out there on the field. Yeah, as you said, with the, with Dennis Daly starting over John Miller at right guard. I, I want to go back, though, to, to Cam Irving. Because of this right guard situation and and some of the questions, we haven't talked about that as much recently, but that left tackle position was the question yeah. of the offseason. What have you seen from Cam Irving, and do you think it's one of those 
situations where the coaches are waiting to see just as much how he performs in the game as the rest of us? I think there's a little bit of it. I mean, there are schematic things that they believe, and this is not just us saying this as employees of the Carolina Panthers. Those coaches down the hall absolutely believe that Cam Irving is better than the people listening to this podcast think he is. I mean, they, you know, Cam's been beaten up. The people who grade at Pro Football Focus and that kind of stuff haven't had kind things to say about Cam Irving, but they are confident that Cam is able to play well in this system Mm -hmm. and that he is some degree of fit for this system. And again, we'll see. That's kind of the bottom line. But I, I think because he's athletic, because he's a nimble guy for his size, it serves him well with some of the stuff they want to do offensively. And again, uh, we'll get in the game and see what happens when bullets start flying. But for as much as we talk about left tackles, and that's been such a focus of haven't really had one of those guys since Jordan Gross retired. Well, the reality is not a lot of other people do, too. I mean, if you want look across at the other New York team and what Dave Gettleman's trying to do, throwing together a line at the last minute, trading for guys, claiming people off waivers who could end up starting, that kind of thing. I mean, it's that's what unsettled looks like. And so they believe that Irving can be okay. And we'll see. I mean, and, and what's okay look like? Is it Michael Orr level okay? If it is, they went to a Super Bowl with Michael Orr mm. left tackle. So, I mean, I don't think it's automatically – I don't think Cam Irving's automatically the reason things can't work here. They're more optimistic about him than I expected them to be. It's a great point. Um, you know, they had the majority of the offseason and t- training camp and the preseason to watch and to try mm-hmm. out different combinations of this line, and this is the one with the exception of, of Dennis Daly starting over John Miller, which they, John Miller would have been their preferred right guard. This is yeah. the line that they feel is going to perform the best out on – the field and they've certainly done their due diligence on it and and that included potentially moving your star right tackle over to left and so it's a great point of these coaches feel good about this they've certainly put in the hours and hours and hours to make sure that this is the the line that they want to go out there with and and we'll see how it goes yeah we we will and all, all it is is it's only the season. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they've tried to, and for all the other stuff, for Sam, the offensive line, I think people also have to be mindful of this offense still has Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Yes. And, and that's a pretty good place from which to start. And that makes everything easier. I mean, I, I don't think, for all the talk about left tackle, we're not necessarily anticipating that Sam Darnold has to take a seven-step drop and throw the ball 30 yards downfield on every play yeah. because you can get it out quick and put it in the hands of 22, and that's an all right thing to mm-hmm. have happen for an offense. Well, speaking of which, we started this um, segment out saying, which you know, which position group do you feel confident about and which one are you keeping an eye on? So let's move over to the confidence. I mean, if I wanted to, I could could just say running back. You know, yeah. I feel really confident in the in the running back room because right of Christian McCaffrey. I feel good about the wide receivers, Darren. I, I I mean, I think that that's also potentially a layup. They were one of the strongest groups on this team last year, but but losing Curtis Samuel, who was coming off of a banner year, mm-hmm. like Terrace Marshall looks great. Yeah. And I think that he is going to be someone that if Panthers fans don't know much about him right now going into week one, they certainly are going to. Um by let's let's call it midseason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I anticipate seeing some some eighty eight jerseys in the stands. I just have been really impressed by by what he's done. Some different eighty eight jerseys. Yeah, right, right, right. Not and, just the and Olsen. we've seen eighty eight make plays here before. And you know, Marshall's a different kind of cat. I mean, he's not anything like Curtis. Um, no. 
he is, you know, and I made the comparison early in camp, and, I, you know, comparisons are tricky, and there's a reason coaches hate him. There's a reason everybody sort of is a little bit leery of him because you, I don't want people to think that I'm about to say Terrace Marshall is going to become fill-in-the-blank. Terrace Marshall has some Moosin Muhammad qualities. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy who can run. Now, Moose's first couple years in the league, Moose struggled with some injuries. He struggled with some drops. It took Moose a minute to become Moose. Marshall's got some of that same big guy flash. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got that, huh, look at that sort of thing. And the fact that he can work out of the slot or work outside, I mean, he's got some versatility where they can mix and match and do different stuff with him and Robbie and DJ. And I think, you know, we talk about all these other guys so often, it's like, oh, by the way, Robbie Anderson's coming off a career season. Yeah. You know, oh, by the way, DJ Moore's nearly 1,200 yards each of the last two yes. seasons, like 19 yards a catch last year. He's a big play threat. I mean, DJ's one of those guys. I mean, and in a division where you've had Julio Jones, who's now in Tennessee, where you've got a Mike Evans, where you've got Mike Thomas, DJ's kind of in that, I mean, if not in the popular mind, he's pretty close to that neighborhood of guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely fair to look at them and say, that's a place where it's going to be hard for people to match up. And so what's the position group that, that you feel good about? I, I think the secondary probably, and again, that's comparison to last year. Yeah, I thought know. about it. I thought about it, and then I was like, do I? Uh, I'm, so I'm glad you went with I mean, it. I mean, Kristen, you know you from, know from being here last year, guys who were starting in the secondary were rolling in on Tuesday and starting on Sunday. I mean, Or, I mean, you had, you had so many rookies out yeah. there, too. It was a combination of the two of those things, guys who had been uh, cut and from other teams. Right or rookies and now you've got jc horn who speaking of guys who look like they could be that guy oh yeah jc horn is not a rookie jc horn doesn't have the bearing of a guy who's about to play his first nfl game and so when you take dante jackson who's healthy now and played pretty well even on one good toe last year um you put dante with jc horn you make jeremy chin a safety again Mm mm-hmm and all of a sudden, through training camp, we've seen plays made back there. And I mean, it's an, this is another Will stat, and I hate that he's out on special assignment this morning because this is all him. The Panthers led the league in turnover margin in the preseason. And it was based on taking the ball away. They've got some guys who can pass rush, but that secondary is so much better than it was a year ago. It's almost unfair to even compare it. Well, and we saw we saw it in that first half of the third preseason game. I know we talked about that quite a bit last week, so I won't go back too much of it. But you know those those third downs, where you see Dante yeah. Jackson tackling and 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 stopping the first two uh, third downs that defense was out there. I'm excited to see what Dante, a fully healthy Dante right. Jackson, is going to do as well. Because as you said, you know. I kept my eye on him a lot last year, and he would he would get out there and start and battle that turf toe, and you could tell just how much it was mm-hmm. bothering him. Always tried to start every single game until they eventually put him on IR around the bye week um, toward the end of the season. And so I'm I'm excited for him to have JC out there to be fully healthy right. and to see what those two guys can do. Yeah, and in a couple of weeks when A.J. Boye comes back, yeah. I mean, that's going to be another big add to that secondary. And it would help if he was around from the start, but they knew that going in, yep. that he'd miss the first two games of the year. So, you know, it's a young group. It, again, it's kind of odd to think about Dante's the only cornerback on the roster who started an NFL game. Wow. And, 
you know, you say that, but Keith Taylor's had a pretty good rookie camp, mm-hmm. and Stanley's a guy who can jump in and, and play a role on special teams, but a lot of it's going to be on Dante and JC. And, and they've got so many other mix and match parts in that secondary. That's where, you know, you've seen through last year, I mean, guys like Sam Franklin and Miles Hartsfield yep. sort of play their own little particular roles. And especially here over the first couple of weeks when Boye is not out there, I think Hartsfield's going to play more naturally. But um, it, it'll be curious to see how those guys match up. I want to go back to just a year ago very quickly um, because I can't help thinking about my first Panthers game as the team reporter, which was this time last year, Panthers-Raiders home game. Strangest experience now mm. that we look back on it. Uh, there were no fans in the stands, absolutely no one. It was 1 o'clock, bright sunny day. And if you talk to this team or or the coaching staff now that the season is over, I mean, everyone will say very candidly, it felt like a scrimmage. It yeah. felt like a scrimmage. And I know that we've talked about this a little bit, but it's just it's amazing to see how far we've we've come in a year and and what this team has been able to to do with a proper offseason a training camp and boy am I excited to see all the fans back at Bank of America Stadium for it it feels it just feels so different than the start of the season last year it really does and you know I I came last Thursday night for the Appalachian State game Mm -hmm. here you know obviously I I watched on TV the the Clemson Georgia game the other night but it's it it is unusual and it's still strange And, and listen, I know it's going to be weird for a lot of people to walk into a, a building full of people. Yeah. But, you know, you you hope that everybody takes the right precautions and everybody does the things they need to do yes. to keep themselves healthy. Please stay safe. Please feel comfortable if right. you're coming. And, you know, but it is different just looking out at that crowd on Saturday night. Even even the Pittsburgh game in the preseason, it's a preseason crowd, so a lot of people, you know, decided to skip that one or whatever, but there were still probably 50,000 people in here, and it is just so different than last year. I, I think back to training camp, that first night practice in Gibbs Stadium at Wofford, and Rule says, this is the biggest crowd I've ever coached in front of, and he was right. There were like yeah. five or 6,000 people he there told, that He night. told me that so yeah. I was, was doing a, a little interview with him at the televised practice and he told me that and my face dropped I think and then I went oh, oh yeah it oh, is yeah, it yeah. really is and for me as well these I think the crowds at each event from that first televised practice to fan fest to the last two preseason games have been increasingly given the uh the award for biggest crowd that this coaching staff and a lot of these young Panthers players yeah. have ever played in front of when it comes to Panthers home crowds so there's no doubt that Sunday is going to be the biggest mm-hmm which is incredible. You get to have the, the, the fans back. You know, you get to have that home field advantage. It's that time. It's football again. It is. It is. All right. Uh, we are going to end with our weird question of the week. And this one, of course, goes out to our very own Panther Stats guy. In honor of Will, who, as Darren said, is on special assignment this week, can't be here. He uh, posted a, a, a great tweet. Um, as of this afternoon, per Elias Sports, the Panthers roster is tied for the youngest in the NFL. The exact number is 25.67 years. The Jets roster, in case anyone was wondering, is third youngest, 25.71. So the average age of this team is 25 years old, which leads me to the obvious question, Darren. What were you doing at 25? Making bad decisions. (laughs) Um, 
1996, I was working at the Gaston Gazette, and I was still a young reporter bouncing around between covering high school games on Friday night and coming out here on Sundays and helping cover the Panthers on the weekends. It's uh, It's been a long time. It's been a long time since I was 25 years old, but I'm glad I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> Producer Matt, what were you doing at 25? I got engaged and got this job, so it was a pretty good year. Yeah, because you're what, 27 <laughs> like now? 27. Ago. I yeah. know. Yeah, that was only two years ago. Matt's, so. Matt's reminiscing <laughs> with the rest of us. Yeah, 25 for me, I was, I believe that was the year I left ESPN to move out to LA um, to work for Fox Sports. Yep. And that was my first time going from kind of a, a sidekick role to hosting my own thing and yep. and really learning. So it was definitely um, a great year for me, one that I'll remember. I'm very glad, Darren, as you said, to not be 25 anymore. But it is interesting to think about these, to think about what we were doing then and right. then think about this team that's about to take the field. Yeah, and, and that's the average, mm-hmm. which means exactly as many are younger than that. As oh, yeah, ours. Brian Burns, so, I mean, Jeremy Chin, the ripe old ages of 23, I right. believe. You know, Sam Darnold's all of 24. Yeah. So it's, uh, but, but I'm glad we've got an old guy around here, J.J. Jansen. Tip of the cap to J.J. Yeah. for hanging around, for skewing the average high by being the old guy on this run. Absolutely, and I can't wait to see those young whippersnappers get out there yeah. on Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast. We'll see you next week after we have some some real football game action to talk about. Yeah. Can't wait. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.